the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening, and please consider uh, subscribing to uh, this podcast to hear more great stories from like the one that's about to happen. So today, I am interviewing a New York-based painter, Delvin Lugo. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> you like how I changed the voice there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I know, me too, I think. Thank that's you for nice having show. me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, totally. And uh, as as we have the visual, it's a great, great, great way to like. While we're talking, I can look at some of your work because I see. Yeah, these are familiar in the background. I have one piece behind me that I can show you. Yeah. So as we as we get into it, um, give us the vital stats. Um, and uh, for for those who are undipped, give us the vital stats. When did you realize you wanted to become an artist, and what was that? That what was your background? Things of that nature. Cool. Yeah. So like you said, my name is Delvin Lugo. I am. I was born in Dominican Republic, and I lived there till I was 12 years old. Um, I grew up in this little tiny town called Monción, which even like you, you can talk to Dominicans, and they're like, "Some might know." It's known because I don't know if you know cassave. Cassave is like the yuca tortilla yeah. that we dip into everything. That's from my hometown. So usually, yeah. when I mention Monción and cassave, people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah," but Many people haven't been there because it's way up in the mountains. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so I lived there. I mean, I lived there till I was 12. I, um, I guess, you know, I was sort of introduced to art there actually by my oldest brother. And I don't know, I must have been like five or six. But I remember he, one time, I don't know where we were. I think we were in the living room. And he was doing some sketches. He was, like, sketching this woman's face. And I really think that's the first time I ever... I just... To me, I was like, it, it looks like you're creating magic. Sure. And it really kind of, like... It, it actually, even, my, like, my sister mentions it always because she remembers how excited <clears throat> I got when I saw that sketch. Um, from then on... Um, my school there, you know, we had limited resources, so we didn't really have art class. I think once in a while there was like a craft app, a craft course where you just cut out like paper colors and created something with that. But usually when I was home, I was like, I grew up in the eighties. So I was watching like, you know, Thundercats and all these like, I don't know, Rainbow Bright to know these shows. So I was yeah. filling up all my notebooks with like a bunch of drawings and things like that. And that was kind of like my art class, really, because I don't think I was in a real art class until we moved here uh, in 1990. So I would say, yeah, probably like in the early 90s is when I really picked up a brush and maybe went to a museum. Probably, I think the RISD Museum, and because my family's in Providence, Rhode Island too. Yeah. Well, not two, you were just there. Um, that's maybe the first museum I ever went to. And it was really something that I just felt, I don't know, there was something exciting about it. And again, there's like that aspect of like magic and you're just making something out of nothing seemed really, really exciting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, you know, although I wasn't like in art classes as a kid, I, my parents are tailored. My mom's a seamstress, and she used to sew for a lot of people there, and boutiques. My dad had his own tailor shop. So I kind of grew up, you know, they were creators in a way. Create, it's not the same thing, but um, I felt like I was, instead of playing with crayons and 
and uh, paint and stuff like that. I was playing with fabric. Right. So, and, and that was pretty cool, especially those 80 fabrics were really wild and a lot of colors, <laughs> a lot of prints. And to me, I feel like I was using my creativity that way. Sure. Yeah. So going into like kind of getting that start around like clothing and fabric and seeing the variety that was there, do you, do you think that and in some ways that kind of influenced some of your, your work and some of like, yeah, I'm going to start drawing like this. I'm going to start trying to work this pattern into what I'm, what I'm putting out there. Also, I used to draw Thundercats and, uh, <laughs> and X-Men and things of that nature, mid eighties, early nineties. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I was obsessed with drawing like robots too. Um, no, for sure. It influenced me. I mean, I was influenced by that. I think at one point I was kind of like into fashion so much. I kind of thought maybe, that's the way I wanted to go. Maybe I wanted to study design. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of like always more into painting and art. Um, in fact, you know, I ended up, I'll tell you, eventually when I went to school, art school, I went to Maine College of Art to begin with. I did like a two-year foundation. And um, I then decided to study film and moved that. That's what brought me to New York. Because, you know, once I got to school, I realized that I liked so many things. I had a really hard time choosing a major, choosing something to to stick with. It was so, by the time I was about to enter junior year, I was like, I really, I don't know, at that time, I didn't see myself completing my school years and, and painting. I really wanted to study uh, film. And in those days, like around 97, the film, the movies that were being made in the independent films and all that stuff was really like was super super cool um but i ended up working in fashion after school i worked as a fashion stylist for about like 12 years here in the city nice so yeah and i ended up kind of like dipping my toes and my hands into just about a lot of different aspects of it in terms of production and um i worked on a lot of photo shoots uh editorials styling celebrities and things like that um, and it was really interesting. I mean, in, in the end, I kept thinking, like, I want to create my own stuff. That's what really brought me back to painting, because I worked on so many different projects, and I kept thinking, I just want to create my own. Yeah. And in the beginning, too, I started, I went with fashion, too. Well, actually, when I finished school, I kind of just had to, I needed a job. And uh, I started doing retail for a while, and that kind of led to working with uh, showrooms, things like that here in the city. Um, yeah. So it had all sort of influenced my art now, like, especially like when you look at some of my paintings, you'll see that I sort of pay a lot of attention to clothing. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I think one of the other things you, you know, you wanted to get back to the magic. You wanted to get back to making your own magic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I kept thinking that I kept seeing like before so many photo shoots, they would bring all the references in. And I'm like, oh, man, the same stuff. I'm like, I want to be the guy that they reference on all these boards and all these things. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes when you, you see something, like, I want to be the person. It's like, well, you just got to be the, the person. You, you have to do it now. Yeah. It's just like you have to find your way to make it. Um, so you, you touched on some of those earlier inspirations. What is, is that, is, is that inspiration still similar now or how has it changed in, uh, Delvin Lugo now, which you're, which you're putting out to, ne- to um, right now, what you're working on now? What does that inspiration look like these days? Um, I think my work now really reflects all of us. Like I said, you see 
the fashion and some of the, the images that I'm using, clothing has a lot of meaning, I feel like, in, in my images. And, you know, the bright colors that you see in my paintings are really um, inspired by the colors of growing up in the Dominican Republic. Like if you go to the countryside, you will see a neon green house. You will see, <laughs> you will see a baby pink and a blue and a beige like house with all these trees around it. And I like to use also like a lot of geometric patterns because you do mm -hmm. see that there, like there's all these iron grids and fences around the houses that have like really cool patterns. So that's why you'll see some of that um, in my work as well. So your paintings have that, that unique voice or what have you. In, in terms of that familiar, it, it, they are unique, but also they have a familiarity because it's this coming of age element in there too. Like I see youthful images, I believe that's you. And uh, so so how did you arrive to to that being like something you wanted to focus on as a, like a subject matter? Was it a, these are great memories that I really want to key back in on and share these. What, what, what was that like? Yeah, so it's really interesting because the way this came to be, I actually started before COVID. I, I don't know, there had been so much sort of like hate towards immigrants in this country because of the former president we had. And I just kept yeah. thinking like, I want, I want to do something to elevate. And mm -hmm. um, that was sort of like, I started looking at some of my childhood pictures and pictures of our town. And the initial idea was to sort of like do a series based on the town itself and all the different characters. I always kind of compare it to a Fellini, Fellini movie because we yeah. did have like, there was the town crazy. There was the town slut. Like, if, you know, when you grow up in a little town like that, everyone sort of has this like stereotype on top, on top of them. Yeah. Um, so that was the initial idea, but as I'm learning with sometimes with series and inspiration, you might start in one thing and then, you know, something that maybe you weren't even aware was going to come out of the work surfaces. And I was working on a painting based on a family portrait where we're all standing um, in front of the TV. Cause in those days you're taking a, like the family picture involved the TV cause it's basically part of the family. <laughs> um, and at that moment, I started really looking at that picture and being like, there's something about this, about me here that is missing. It's not really showing who I really was as that kid. Like uh, the moment I added an earring to the image of me as a little boy, um, it yeah. really kind of opened this door um, that, that I started exploring. And I was like, I looked at other kids' pictures and I was like, well, how can I represent myself? I see that these pictures are not representing myself uh, then. Like, so how can I tell who I really was in these pictures? And when yeah. you look at the paintings, there's something in each one of them that I think I'm trying to prove. And I really correct it, but just fixing history in a little bit and trying to really show who I was. In some cases, you'll see that I'm wearing a brooch. In one case, you'll see that I'm sitting there with this weird, like, Barbie that I've sort of made up, which is the true yeah. story, too. Um, it's the painting that has the BBB yeah. <laughs> on the T-shirt, on the which is really a T-shirt that I wore as a kid. You know, yeah. living in a country where, like, I guess no one, no one spoke English. I had this T-shirt that says, bitch, bitch, bitch. 
And I was so happy to wear it and like show it around. It was like a nice teal bright color. And I wore that shirt everywhere. So that's part of the portrait. But right next to me is um, this homemade Barbie that I created because I knew that my parents were not going to buy me a Barbie. So I created my own little like Frankenstein, as I call it, (laughs) by using um, I found like a head and arm somewhere in the trash and then i used there was no body to it so i used like a bottle of uh dish soap as the body and then i would make barbie's clothes for it so (laughs) it was yeah it was a lot and yeah in a way you know like it was also once i kept looking at the pictures more and more too it was of course there's there's actually like trauma behind some of these things but I felt like that's not what I'm doing here. I wanted to celebrate that like spirit of that kid that like no matter what was happening, no matter what how he was being bullied, um, like he nothing was breaking him down. And I yeah. felt like I was using also that inspiration as I was creating these paintings and just really starting the series and also concentrating on being a full-time painter, which all was happening at the same time because I Although I was painting, I was kind of what you would call a weekend painting painter. I really became full time after COVID. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's I, I like that. It's funny, like in kind of breaking it down that you've answered like two of my other questions, which is great. <laughs> oh, uh, I know. Just like, stop me because I can go on. No, about... no, 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 no. That that's great because ultimately, it's a conversation is really about you and your work. It's not. It's not about me yapping over here. And uh, it's funny because the way I framed the question was, "Tell me about this favorite T-shirt of yours." And it's like, "Oh yeah, bitch, bitch, bitch." I was like, "Ah, okay, great." So. Um, <clears throat> I read that your your work highlights positive, nurturing, and calming aspects of you know rural life of your, your family and yourself and your immigration into the U.S. Um, could you share maybe a story or something that is definitely depicted in that kind of transition to the states? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I feel like the nurturing part. You know, I feel like my family still, despite maybe being. Um, not concern. I guess maybe concern is the word because I feel like, you know, as a little boy, I, I showed I was very effeminate. And the fact that I was into art made my parents already think that I was going to be gay. And it was sort of like this fear that, yeah, maybe he is going to be, maybe not. Um, but anyways, but I feel like no matter what, even no matter what the feelings were, I did I, I felt safe at home. I actually just created um, a painting that will be in a group show very soon that it's about like that safe space. And usually, as you'll see in a lot of my paintings, it's like I have the safety of my siblings and the safety of uh, the women that were around me, which is usually who kind of like protected me, I guess, when I was being bullied and all that stuff. That's It's, it's good to have that support system around. And I think, um, yes. Yeah, Yes, that's it's yeah. I'm glad you're open and, and sharing that because that is. Uh, I think we use some of the things that we create to kind of process some of those things. It's like, look, this this is a thing. This is a thing that exists. This is a thing that happened. Look where I'm at now. You know, it's like I'm on the other side of it. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of my um, a few of the pieces that I painted when I was a weekend painter a few years back, and I'm like, oh, that was a 
interesting time in my life. Oh, that was about a bad, <laughs> that was about a bad breakup. And I was like, ah, memories. Yeah, it's funny the stuff that comes out. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I start with an idea. And, you know, my process, very rarely do I just sit down and work on one painting and finish it like within two weeks or three weeks. I do, I like to work on a few pieces at the same time. And sure. sometimes I put them away. Sometimes I hate them so much. I, I literally have to hide them or just absolutely hide them before when I had a basement, hide them in the basement and not see them. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you revisit and then you're like, oh, this is what it was about. It's right. funny the things that I start with an idea, but I feel like, you know, I, I wait till the painting really tells me what it's what it's all about because it does it really does reflect something back to me every time it might not be super obvious at first but i feel like i do yeah it, it comes through yeah some, sometimes it just it just works itself into what you're doing and you know i was having this conversation earlier about and doing doing this process and really covering it from being um I'm, you know, like in my late thirties now, and I was in my mid twenties when I started. So, so it's a nice gap of time right there. It's the different things that you're doing and different beliefs that you have and different experiences and just talking into the mic, what's on your mind and so on. You're documenting that. And it's like, I don't know if I can listen back to that because it has that extra <laughs> layer of I'm saying this. So I'm hearing myself be like, man, I can't believe this happened to me, man. Life is hard, man. Or just different things that were happening on um, the really traumatic things like the racial stuff, the, the, the just different things that happen and you're around it and you're documenting it. And it's like, yeah, this is what I was thinking at the time. So sometimes it's hard to revisit it. No, absolutely. And I felt that at certain times, cause I'm looking at my childhood pictures too. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're always kind of revisiting those memories, even as I'm working, it seems like things were just kind of like going crazy in my head at times and I have to tell myself, okay, stop, concentrate on the painting. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to have to go back and revisit and see these things. For me, I felt like there would be a change once I took from the original, because obviously I'm working from a photo, yeah. but once I took from that photo what I wanted, which is usually the, the figures, the image, um, and stop working with the photo. I felt like there was something new. Something new would come out. There would be like a new, um, just new things would be revealed, especially in some cases I am working directly, directly from the photo. But in some cases I kind of like to create a collage. Yeah. And, um, and that way, I don't know, that way to create a story and tell the story, like I'll throw some plants in the back or, I'll do a collage with like five different pictures, even though it looks like it's a solid, yeah. you know, image or that it came out from a photograph, but I usually pull from different things. And one, when, when I do that, I feel like um, it, it creates something new. I'm not dealing so much with that trauma from the past. Like that. Um, and th there may be some questions related to that in a rapid fire, the plan that I just let you know, letting you know, um, so necessity. And I think you touched on this earlier, which are your, uh, your Franken Barbie, if you will. Um, so necessity is the mother of invention. Tell me about, um, the importance of improvisation when it comes to your practice. Yeah, well, no, it's a great question. Cause I'm usually, I feel like I'm always improvising or, or I'd, kind of like 
I let it, I start with an idea, but I try not to be too tied down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm open. I don't have like one single technique that I'm always approaching each painting with. Sometimes I go to a sketch. I do a study. Sometimes I do, I feel like doing a collage first with different photos is a way that I start really improvising. Yeah. And it always, and that way it also, you find the story too. Cause sometimes, like I said, um, there's moments that I just know I like something and I have to like dig in deeper. Like, why is it that I like this? Why is it that this, something is calling out to me? Um, and through the work of collage, I feel like I'm improvising, trying a lot of different things, different yeah. backgrounds. Um, and, and I like, yeah, there's a there's a speed that you work at when I'm doing that that I, I like. Uh, once in a while, I'll sketch, but um, I kind of do the backward things. Yeah. I do the collage and then I sketch. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I like but it. But even yeah. as the painting is up, you know, I'm always going back, moving things around and just... Um, trying to stay open to the fact that it's going to change. It's, it's almost that, that fashion mindset too. There, it's like, oh no, no, we're not wearing that with that. We're going to switch. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm visioning. Is you're like, now I'm going to take this out of the collage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, but sometimes you know, then you can overthink it too. Yes. Which then is the huge, like every time I feel like I'm having a painter's block, it's because I'm overthinking mm-hmm. things. You know, so how do you how do you un unblock that? Um, <laughs> I go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm feeling really really frustrated, um, it's better than I'm by myself. If there's others around me, I'm probably gonna be very moody. But uh, yeah, one way to unblock it: just step away mm-hmm. and remind yourself. I usually kind of like I'm aware that I'm like, wow, I'm really overthinking this. Um, a lot of times I find that like things that are making me, I don't know if I feel like I'm revealing too much in a painting or something that I get a little timid about it, like about, Oh, how, how is this going to be perceived? Sure. That idea can like block me up a little bit. And then I wait for that voice that says like, who cares? Just do it. Like you really, this is what you need to do. But yeah, listening to that voice that is kind of like doubting you can really block you up. Yeah, there's a, in, in terms of you know some of the subject matter that you're, you're working in, it's it's things that are important to you. There are family elements and there are things that we yeah. hold reverence towards. So you would care, absolutely you care, and it can be like, all right, I'm a little I'm a little gun shy on this one. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I find I find whenever the things that I yeah, like you said, gun shy, the things that I'm a little more hesitant to show, I feel like those have gotten the best reactions the best reception from um from the viewers like which you know not that i need everyone to like what i'm doing but it also kind of like validates it in a way absolutely um yeah it feels good it feels like okay like just keep peeling the layers keep showing more of who you are and um you can't lose with that yeah and it's a very uh, it can be very rewarding but also it's very like I hope I get through this. You know what I mean? When you're revealing in that way. And, um, when you, you get that feedback, I, I get what you're saying. Like you don't necessarily need it, but you're feeling like, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like some relief there. Um, so what's next? What's next for you? Um, upcoming exhibit plans for the year. What we got? 
Uh, yeah, there's uh, some stuff coming up right now. I am. I will be part of a group show at Calderon Gallery that is opening very soon. Um, it's basically, it's opening in a week here in NYC. And um, Calderon Gallery, they're really um, highlighting and representing uh, Latin artists. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be, it's crazy because I'm so, I'm so excited about it. I am going to be like amongst some of the artists that I really um, admire. Sure. So it's it's super cool. I'm really glad that like Bonnie Ramirez will be there, uh, Riley's Vasquez, uh, and these are to me they're like giants. Or it's all Dominican artists, male artists showing too. But I'm super proud that um, I'm going to be part of that as well. And that's going to run into when? That's running until uh, April second. And yeah, that's Calderon Gallery on South Street Seaport. I like I like your I like your pre plugs. I like how you did that, by the way. Uh, you <laughs> listen to this podcast. You were sneaky right there, Delvin. I like that. I did. I did my homework. All right. Now you know it's time for the rapid fire questions. Then. Oh man, hit me. All right. So I got five of them for you. No, I know I have five of them for you. Good. Um, so one of the thing one of the things I've noticed in some of your work that you have flowers in there. Uh, what is your favorite flower? Um, I don't know. Well, shit. The thing is, I don't even know the name of some of the flowers that I like. Well, describe it. Um, oh, no, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> no, I, I like succulents. I like, okay. it's not a flower, but I like succulents. I also like, um, oh, man, there's this one flower in, from DR that we call Sangre de Cristo, mm -hmm. Blood of Christ. Yeah. But it's really like a... Uh, it looks like the flower that's super, that is like the Hawaiian flower, basically. <laughs> um, I just don't know what it's called. But I do, because that whole flower thing started during the lockdown, during pandemic. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it got into my work. I was gardening and working on the yard a lot. Yeah. And also my neighbor at that time had this beautiful garden that really... Um, inspired me a lot. In fact, actually, I was doing, I did this tiny little project just for myself during um, the pandemic, during lockdown that I called uh, Neon Garden. And it was just because it was just artifacts and things that I had at home, um, things that I kept looking at as I was locked down in my house. And there was a flower, like a pansy. Yeah. I guess I'd like pansies a lot. <laughs> Um, and I was trying to match the color of this pansy because I was trying to go really realistic. Yeah. And um, the only color that I could match it to was a neon pink. And that's actually how I started using neon in all of my work. That's great. Because I had sort of had a few paintings from my series Early Life and Neon started. But once I combined the neon with that series, like things really blossomed. I like how you said that. That was, it was very nice. You know, flowers, that's how things blossomed. All right. All right. I see what you did. I see what you did there. And and here, here's the here's the really funny thing, because you mentioned the colors, my next question actually is um what are what are the three most common colors in your palette? Ooh, pink. Big on pink. Um I seem I love orange. Okay. Something about orange. So I mean, I kind of use a lot of them, seems like, because of 
the story with the Dominican Republic and the country baby blue? I'm seeing it in the it's background. Also... I'm seeing several of these colors in the background right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was based on my childhood home. Yeah. That's the house that I grew up in. Oh wow. Um, but it was that color. It was like baby blue with the porch and pink, the door pink and everything. I like it. Um do you do you have a motto or slogan that you apply to life or to your practice? Well, I don't know. I guess I can tell you the things that I tell myself. Sure. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I guess a lot of times I'm, I don't know, it's not a model, but, you know, just keep going. Uh, and, and don't be embarrassed. It's actually something that I actually remind myself a lot. Um, you know, that's kind of, yeah, I don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's also like, don't be afraid of any mistakes. It's like, especially with painting, sometimes that could really cripple you. Yeah. If you're afraid of making mistakes, if you're afraid of getting the canvas dirty, of just like, you know, it's it's hard because you don't, you don't want to redo anything. But there's been a few cases that I knew a figure in the painting, the painting was almost done, but I just knew that the figure needed to move an inch <laughs> towards the right uh. hand side of the canvas. And uh, sure, I could have cropped the whole painting. I yeah. could have like, but I didn't want to do that. I knew I had to restart. Yeah. And so I don't know. No, but I think, no, don't, don't undersell it. I think that that's important. I think, um, recognizing like, look, you can, like I, my day job is, is a data job. And sometimes I have to remind myself, like if things break, you can fix them. You know, if mistakes are made, they can be unmade, you know, like, and, yeah, like you can fix. And I really usually do. It's just that part that you're like, Ooh, I don't want to start again. I guess it's the lazy side of the brain that I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, or what if I, you know, you could be opening a lot of different cans. You start turning into a problem solver, but in the wrong way, just to be lazy. It's like, if I do this, right? It's like, you know, you should just start it over, right? Nah, nah, nah. I could just add this. Like, no, no. You should start There's over. a lot of that. So <laughs> finally, I give in and I'm like, nope. You, you know, and the thing is, you won't feel, it's like, I won't, I won't feel rested until... I actually fixed it. So, so I, got, I got two more for you. Um, what is something in, in, in this in thing in terms of maybe um, something in terms of media, right? What is something that without fail makes you laugh? <clears throat> is it a movie? <laughs> is it a comedy album? Is, is there something out there that you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's funny. That always makes me oh, laugh. Oh, man, I like so many stupid things. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I'm... I'm I annoy people a lot by just sending them tons of memes. And I always do it like, it could be even Sunday morning at 7 a.m., but I'll just send like five, 10 memes to all my friends. And I don't care. Like, I just need to get that out of my way. Uh -huh. um, I do like, oh God, one thing that always makes me laugh is Waiting for Guffman. Do you know that movie? Yeah, yeah. Christopher Guest. Um, it came out, I think, in like 98, 99. I don't remember. Um, without a doubt, that movie will always make me laugh. I still, with one of my best friends, I always, I, it's the movie that I probably quote the most, mm -hmm. even today. Um, <laughs> I know. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the last one I have for you. Um, so 
when you, what do you what do you enjoy doing when you're not um, doing your work when you're not art making? What do you enjoy doing most? Um. Oh. Well. I really enjoy being home. <laughs> um, sometimes my escapes will be just watching TV, yeah. dumb show, dumb reality TV, The Housewives, yeah. uh, with a glass of wine. That's sometimes it's all I need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then when the weather allows, um, I love being outdoors. I love going to the park, yeah. that kind of thing. The beach. I'm a huge beach beachhead especially i was just living in rhode island for a little bit and i got to really go to the beach a lot that's great um so that's pretty much all the questions that i have and uh i want to thank you for being on this podcast and i want to once again since you were sneaky i want to once again invite you to tell the fine folks where to check you out your work (laughs) no 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 no. it's it's funny it's funny I got ahead of you. So <laughs> no, sorry. you're good. You're good. So you're you're a double play. I no, appreciate I'm not. it. <laughs> so so um, tell the folks where to check you out and uh, and, and, and yeah. Um, right now I'm gonna be I'm part of a group show that's opening here in New York City, South Street Seaport at Calderon Gallery, and um, that's I'm so excited about that show because it's all male Dominican artists that are going to be part of that. Uh, that is curated by Tiffany Artfonseca. And she's actually a really amazing artist too. So I'm, I'm super, super excited about this show. And it's on until uh, April 2nd. So you have it, folks. Um, I'm going to thank Delvin Lugo once again for coming on to the podcast. I am Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around your city. And you just got to look for it.